shocked if I put on something more comfortable. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Say hello to my little friend! Keep your friends close, but your enemies closer. Houston, we have a problem. What we've got here is... The Sadie has no friends. Except, except Sean. Podcast! Hello and welcome to episode 10. Sean, we're in the double digits. It's Sadie has no friends except Sean. Can you believe we're double digiting? No, I really can't. I didn't. I was one of the people that made my little Super Bowl prop bet on us not making it to double digits. (laughs) Wow. Thank you for your support. But I was talking to my mom and I'm like, have you listened to the podcast, mom? And she's like, I started to. But then I took a phone call and never went back. (laughs) I don't think my mom has heard one episode of this podcast because I don't know why, why, why? Like, and we've shown her like, here's how you find it. Right. And here, and that's what they say. Then the next time they'll be like, well, how do you find it? And I'm like, these lies have got to stop. You know where to My find dad it. basically <laughs> did the same thing. He came, he came down and saw us for dinner last weekend. And he was like, so you're doing a podcast with Sadie. How's it going? I was like, I don't know. You tell me, haven't you been listening? He's like, I don't know how to listen to that kind of stuff. You'll have to show me. And then I, I know there's <laughs> it's scary how many people don't like listen to podcasts or don't know what they are or where to find them. Because like when I say, oh, I left, you know, a morning show in radio to do a podcast. People are like, well, I know how to look on the radio, but what in the world is a podcast? Like it's it's a, it's a certain number of people that That's but true. to me and, you know, I'm not banging radio at all, but to me, it's just so much easier to get all the talking out, cut the commercials, cut the songs, and then you get what you get. I think that that's so much more appealing. I love podcasts. I'm doing a, I'm listening to a podcast right now. It's called, you're never going to believe it, Sean. You're going to think I'm so smart. It's called presidential. And every episode, every episode is a president and explains everything about the president, where they were born, what happened to their family um, and just the progression. And again, every episode is a different. Why am I pushing another podcast? On our don't podcast? listen to presidential. It's probably horrible. It sounds terrible. <laughs> you know what? It's all lies. It's I really don't care lies. about George Washington's mama or his sister. I don't care. But there are some interesting things like, did you know that John Adams and Thomas Jefferson were really good friends. And then John Adams found out that Jefferson was talking ish. And so they became not friends. And then they died on the same day, which is also the 50th anniversary of the signing of the Declaration of Independence. You are so smart. You can finally pass that <laughs> middle school history exam. <laughs> no, it's taking me like three years that I'm on John Quincy Adams. <laughs> People are still riding horses. (laughs) (laughs) When you start talking about this, I instantly go to Big Daddy when the kid Frankenstein is doing his little thing on stage. (laughs) He's talking about the presidents. And I believe he was five. (laughs) Yeah. And he probably memorized those lines to where I've listened. I I think I have ADHD. I really, really do, because. I can read something. I used to be like a ravenous reader. I could read, I'd be, I'd read two or three books at one time. And that was all I would want to do all day is read my books. And then now I find I read like 
a paragraph and I'm like, what did that just say? So then I start over and I read the paragraph. What did that, what did that just say? And I think what's wrong with me? I can no longer read, but the upside to that is audiobooks. So you, you can, can lie retain and say you read it. <laughs> you can retain it if somebody else reads it to you. Yeah, I really huh. can. I've but I don't want to be. I don't think I'm at the age where I should be read to. Like I'm not <laughs> geriatric. I should still be able to read a full book without being like, "Wait, what did that just? What? Who is that? What?" I hardly I can keep up with the plot of Yellowstone. I'm like, I, who is that guy? I don't know. I don't mean to go off the book subject, but Yellowstone, if you know the plot, you know the plot because it's the same thing every time. It's just a new bad guy that's attacking the farm. But for do some reason, think, it draws me in. Okay, so do you think that Yellowstone is still as popular? Do you think it will be at, it will be as popular without Kevin Costner since he's not coming back? Well, I read a report yesterday that he's now begging Taylor Sheridan to come back like he wants to come back really bad and Taylor's like nope dude we've moved on sorry and so no, no I don't back. think it's I be- love Kevin Costner so let's move back that's what I'm thinking like Taylor Sheridan this is this is the breadwinner bro bring him back and keep doing Yellowstone because you know after the second part of season five without Kevin Costner he's already said Yellowstone that series is over so Kevin Costner came in originally from what I read and said I'm done. I don't want to do this show anymore. This is going to be the last season plan on it. Uh, And then he got a divorce from his now former wife, Christine, and he has to work apparently. And so that's why they say he's like begging Tyler Sheridan to like bring him back. Taylor. Taylor. Taylor Sheridan. Taylor. Taylor. Hey, but did you watch the spinoff of uh, the of Yellowstone? What was it like? The one with Tim McGraw? No, I got through one episode and then it wanted to charge me for Peacock or whatever the hell that thing was. So I got my free (laughs) got my free episode in and then I was like, screw you. I'm not paying to watch this shit. (laughs) No, listen, here's what I do. I take advantage of a 30 day free membership, but then I have to. I have to. Oh, they don't. No, it was. That's how they got you in. They thought, man, we'll give them one episode and you'll really like the one episode. So you go on episode two, then you got to pay. So it was just a one episode trial. The places that do like a 30 day free trial, I will watch every damn episode like before those 30 days are up. That'll be like my mission. And then I will cancel it right before the 30 days are up. Some say I take advantage of it. You could watch. You have to do this. You, I think you should find a way. Maybe that means paying to watch the one with Tim McGraw because that that is so good. And he did an amazing job. And Faith Hill, I got to say, I was like, oh, geez, she got the job because her husband and she was trying. She held her own. I was incredibly impressed with her. And she had kind of faith. Huh? I know. I say good for Faith because she's kind of been, she's kind of like let her career take the side road. And Tim, Tim has stayed relevant since they got married in the 90s. And they put out those duets together and it was all like them together for a while. And then all of a sudden it's all Tim and Faith is gone. She hasn't even put out a record in like 15 or 20 years. Yeah, I don't know where she went. I do love some old school Faith Hill and uh, 
I don't know. I don't know where she went, but I did see on entertainment tonight that they do have their own island. I really saw that on enter and it like did like a tour through it. And if that, if honestly my husband were Tim McGraw, I'd be like, honey, I'm going to hang out in our lagoon go make a music video. Like, you know, maybe she just got tired of the hustle and bustle of, cause you and I have been like to many shows. So we kind of sometimes see what's going on in the back. And I often think these poor artists are on the road and they're going to play this fair. And then they're going to play that fair in another city. And then they're, I could see how you would, especially they have three daughters. I could see how you would want to just be like, I'm tapping out for a while. Yeah. I mean, and maybe that's what she did it for. Maybe it was to raise the girls. And I think the girls are all grown now. So maybe we'll get some, some new faith Hill and she'll get back out to the County fairs and remember why she hated it so much. <laughs> she'll be like, that's the same Ferris wheel that follows me throughout this country. <laughs> and it probably is. If we're being it's honest, true. it's true. You, you go sing about bear claws and Chippewas and whatever the hell else you sing about since 1995. I'm staying home. I don't want, since you brought up that song, um, I met Tim McGraw. I Brian was there. I did. I was Do there. Do you remember this? You made a whole ordeal about this. I still <laughs> tell people about it to this day. <laughs> <laughs> I told Ryan, who's like kind of, he's not shy, but he's like professionally. And I don't know how we ended up together because I am 0% professional, but um, we're in line. A meet and greet, you know, when you see pictures of people meeting, you know, stars backstage, here's what happens. It's a cattle call. They say, you walk up and you're standing in a line. And when it's your turn, you walk up and you take a picture and then they usher you out. That's literally what it is. So I thought I'm going to, I'm going to throw something out at Tim McGraw. And I told Ryan, Ryan, I just want you to know, and we're like three back. Uh, I just want you to know that when I go up to Tim McGraw, I'm going to say, do your friends call you bear claw? <laughs> and okay. So, and Ryan's like, no, no, don't do that. Don't know. And I'm like, why? And so I walked up and much to Ryan's horror, I did it. I said, Tim, do your friends call you bear claw? And he started laughing and he listened to this. This is the coolest Tim McGraw story ever. He laughed and he goes, I don't have any fucking friends. <laughs> and I was like, ah, mic drop. You are the coolest dude in the world. And then we got outside. I told Ryan, can you believe that? And he was like, ah, oh. he had to admit that was a solid call on my half. That was a solid call on your half. I mean, because most of the time, like you said, with meet and greets, you have to. And I've gotten in the, the mindset, of, like, come up with something super interesting or cool to ask them because you get five seconds. And so if you say, five hi, seconds. how are you? That's all you're going to get is hi, how are you? So you got to go in knowing that you're going to go with something like a dagger to get them to like you. Because yeah. I want them to remember me. Like the next time I go to a meet and greet with Tim McGraw, I want him to be like, Sean, what's up, dude? How you been, man? <laughs> and so if you just say, hey, hey, how are you? He does that every night at the same county fair. So you got to come in with something good like yeah. that. What was the best and the worst meet and greet you've ever been to? So the worst one, hands down, was the very first one that I went to. I was so excited because I'm a huge Josh Turner fan. 
Josh, uh, Randy Travis is my musical hero, and Josh is like from that same tree, right? He's got that deep baritone voice. Yeah, the low voice. Yeah. And so I just love Josh Turner. And um, so when I first got into radio as an intern, I was begging and pleading. Josh was at Cheyenne Frontier Days. Can I meet him? Can I meet him? And so they call me last minute and they were like, all right, we got you an extra meet and greet, but it was just me. You can't bring anybody with you. And so never met an artist before. I'm super excited. He's my favorite guy so they give you like little stickers and you have to put the stickers somewhere on you and that's your pass to get back there and so i watched the guy in front of me and he put his sticker like on his thigh and i put mine on my thigh and oh i oh yeah yeah. they they tell you as you're getting closer like all right josh has a sharpie he'll he'll sign one thing for you as you say hi and so guy in front of me he took off his sticker and had Josh sign it. So I was like, I don't have anything. I'll have Josh sign my sticker too. So I get up to the front of the line and Josh is a shy guy, by the way. And I yeah. just put my crotch out and I'm like, here, sign my sticker. And he's like, <laughs> you're going to need to take that off. And that's all he said. <laughs> and I was, and like, I was mortified. Was I was big... like, sorry. Wait, and you so... didn't think to take the sticker off? Or was that like your big crazy thing you were going to do so he'd remember you? Like, you got to no, sign No, I didn't by think about job. that then. I you didn't, didn't even, even know. think about taking it off your leg? No, I didn't know back then what a meet and greet even was. I thought I was going to hang out with Josh Turner and we were going to become friends. And like, you got to stay back there and talk. That's what most people think when they think backstage. And that's what I was thinking. And so I was like, here, sign the sticker. It's on something hard, my leg. And you don't have to take it off. I didn't even think it was that close to my crotch. And he he was not having it. And then he signed my sticker and it was ushered out. And I was like, great. The only experience I'm ever going to have with Josh Turner in my entire life. He's going to be that like, he, that. Yeah. don't let that creepy dude that wants me to sign his wiener ticket. <laughs> and then over the years, <laughs> I've gotten to know Josh because I guess I've become a little bit more important than an intern. And so I've told him the story a few times. And he's like, I'd still make you take it off to this day, just so you know. <laughs> oh, my God. My worst meet and greet. And I don't even think this. Is, I have two. I had two meet and greets where it went. It was just like, Ugh. and one of them was when Florida Georgia line was together. When Florida mm-hmm. Georgia line was together, I, I I met them like three or four times and it's three or four times too many. And I wish I would have stayed home and watched Dateline because it was like you were meeting the, the president of the United States We got the talk down the line where it was like, you will not touch them. You will not look into their eyes. And I'm like, Jesus, I don't even give a shit who you people are. So I get up there and yeah, they were just like, yo, and one's wearing like a poncho and the other one. I'm just like, I got douche chills and they were out of control all over my body. I didn't start shaking for three days because of those douche chills. Here's the funniest <laughs> part about those two is they they've since broken up. Right. And it was yeah. always like that with those guys. It was always don't touch. Even with the important people in radio, it was always quick and out. And it was very douchey every single time they've broken up now. And now they're both trying to push solo records. And so now they'll come hang out and it's like, hey, we'll do whatever you want. So I went axe throwing recently just publicly axe throwing with tyler hubbard who's the singer guy and super yeah. super cool and normal no like, no i, I disagree with him, you like, why why did you have to act like a douche when you were with bk because you're fine when you're on your own and then bk i went to village in with just the other day and he's one of the coolest guys ever 
seriously okay. one of the yeah, coolest guys ever life. and i i almost asked him because he was so cool i was almost like dude why when you guys get together do you all of a sudden change into assholes no but listen um i disagree with you because we had over the summer this thing where we interviewed tyler hubbard and uh you know, there were like certain number of listeners could come. There were like 15 people, not a huge crowd at all. I mean, and it was like it was like before the park opened and they were getting the bar ready and they would have this artist come in and then Scott and myself would ask questions and interview them. And then they play a few songs <clears throat> and he was one of them. And I tell you what he they made his people or him made uh made some guy drag a partition you know when you're in a line oh, and yeah. they have those metal <laughs> things where you go around uh th that had to be brought up in front of tyler i'm assuming so no one could touch him or jump that <laughs> little gate i don't know i don't know <laughs> but it was really like interviewing him was just like are you with hmm. me here and uh yeah, I don't know. I uh, no gates or partitions when we went axe throwing. He was normal, and people had axes. You would think that's where you would want a gate or a partition, right? But you are a higher up on the totem pole, so yeah. But know, that I doesn't matter. We were just amongst the public. There was other people there axe throwing. Anyone could walk up to him and say hi. No one knew who he was. No one cared. I think that um, you can agree with me when I say that the nicest, nicest people to meet are the ones that are the most successful, it's you know, so like true. the, like the Garth Brooks or like the Blake Shelton or the Tim McGraw. Those are the people. And then I've been to meet and greets with people through the years where they don't make it that far, but they are complete dicks. And let me tell you, people remember forever how you made them feel. So if you, yep. Naomi Judd yelled at me one time and she, growing up, I loved the Judds. I loved it. This was my first interview. And I told Scott, I'm like, I'm so scared. I love the Judds. I grew up listening to the Judds. These are like, this is amazing. And during the interview, and, and we actually pushed it on the air about how I was so nervous and, oh, my gosh. And Scott's like, you're going to do fine at your first interview. She called in and she was so sweet to Scott. And every time I asked a question, she was like so mean. Um, I remember I asked her about a book, a children's book that she released. And I pulled it from her web website, you know, and uh, she goes, where did you get that information? Just like that. And I go, your huh. website. And she goes, she just kind of bitched at me. And and then she'd go back to Scott and you know, and I'm like, what about this album? And she's like, shut up. And so I don't know. Um, and I, I ended up crying. I started crying. Isn't that a nightmare? I was like, <laughs> because again, this is somebody that I grew up idolizing and yeah. loving and then you know when you find out their complete penis wrinkles which also naomi r.i.p and i don't want to be i know she is in heaven now so i'm glad and uh glad she doesn't have to deal with assholes like earth. me 
<laughs> Glad she doesn't have to be on the same earth or atmosphere than I am. I did a meet and greet one time with Winona and it was just one of those quick ones. So I didn't, I don't have a Winona story, but I have heard that the Judd bloodline, all of them, there's some, there's some, and I tell you something, that bloodline. I did meet Winona and we had a chance to actually talk a ton. And I said to her, your mom was my first ever interview and she made me cry. And she looked at me and she goes, doesn't surprise me. And I was like, Ooh, geez. so it was Naomi that made you cry. And that was the, yes, the mom, you've been saying why Nona the whole time. Are you being serious? I'm yes. so sorry. Rewind the story to the very beginning. This was I all Naomi. Dang it. This was Naomi was the one that was not very kind and made me feel really stupid. And I don't think anyone should make anyone feel terrible. Uh, that's my personal opinion. But uh, even though I just got done talking shit about Tyler Hubbard. So what I will say is, yeah, I talked to Winona and I told her that I was like, oh, man, your mom made me cry. And she was like, I'm not surprised. She was so cool. And I love her. And did you know? Her boyfriend lives in Loveland, Colorado. Yeah, he had some sort of ties to Loveland. And he's missing a leg from a, a motorcycle accident, too. Yeah. Oh, but God. he still drums Winona's in her band. He's and his name's Cactus. That's a badass name. Have, that is a cool name, but don't you have to have both feet in order to drum? You, he has How a do fake you do one. it with a nub? Oh, he has a fake one. Yeah, I thought you can we move on from this? It's funny that you bring up the Judds because Ashley was actually one. I don't think it was my very first interview, but I was on like a rock station at the time, like an oldie station, because I just was trying to find my way into radio. And we got this request. It was right around a presidential election. And they were like, hey, Ashley Judd's available for interviews. And I should have put two and two together that it was going to be a political thing. Why she's calling you? Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking that I'm just going to get to talk to Ashley Judd and I've never hardly interviewed anybody. So I think this is pretty darn cool. And so I put her on and it's all about one of the candidates and this is live and on radio It's and me just personally, like I'm just not a pol- political guy. I don't talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. I'm not interested in it. And she's just like railing on the other candidate. And it was a freaking <laughs> nightmare and she wouldn't let me go. And I couldn't hang up on Ashley Judd. So I run this like 20 minute rant of her just like promoting this political <laughs> candidate. I'm surprised I didn't get canceled. Well, yeah, no doubt. Yeah. I've heard she's rough to interview, but also Uh, We had a chance to interview um, Billy Bob Thornton. And at the time I was like, fuck it, let's do it. Let's just do it. Let's just, I don't care. Let's just talk to Billy Bob Thornton. And it was like, you must only speak to him about his movie. Well, I wanted to talk to that movie where he was like, have you ever had French fried potatoes? (laughs) And I wanted to like talk with him and ask him about like working with John Ritter and like, did you really suck Angelina's blood? And like, I want to ask him the good stuff. And they're like, nope, just his album. And so we're like, nope, turn down. And then also we booked an interview with Dave Coulier from Full House and he, he ghosted us. He didn't call in. He didn't call in. <laughs> and I was like, you son of a bitch. Yeah, that I was really sucks. upset. What was he up to? Why were you going to interview him? I don't was even know. Because I wanted an album too. 
No, he, I don't, I think he was coming to the, the comedy place in Denver. And so he was pushing the show and I don't care. I just wanted to ask him about that little puppet he had. That was a woodchuck. <laughs> See, again, I go into all of these with my own agenda and ideas and dreams of what it's going to be. And then when it's done, I'm like, that sucked. I'm like, but you know? with these people that do that, because you get it with artists all the time, too. They'll be like, it's only about the new album and don't talk about any of this other stuff. Like, do you want people to actually listen to this? Because no one gives a <laughs> shit about the new album. Like, we'll talk about the new album. I'll give you some praise for it at the end. But let's have people listen to the shit they want to hear first. And then yeah. we'll get into the new album. It's like, you you picked the wrong person for your marketing, bud. They don't even know how to do it. Yeah. Well, I don't know, but maybe I just rub people the wrong way because you're like, I love the guys from Florida Georgia line. We went to breakfast two days ago and I'm like, that dude sucked. And I remember before he was ushered in, he had like an entourage. Again, we're on a dirt floor, you know, like this is not the Ritz. And he gets and I looked at everybody and I'm like, nobody look at him. Don't you dare. And then I, you know, I point to somebody and I go, you eyes down. You're not to look at him. I mean, because it was absolutely the dumbest shit ever. And when do you get to a place in your life where you're like, you are not allowed to look at me? It is funny, though. Let me let me interject and tell you that I have this 90s country band and we wear wigs and fake mustaches for goodness sakes. And we sing other people's songs and true story after shows people, they, they, the show like changes their mind and makes them go wild and they will try to break into our little van bus thing. They'll try to break <laughs> into our green room. You have anything They can to like touch us. So we true story. We got a security guard. And he, he oh helped. my God, you did. And not. It, it's not because it truly, it's not because we think that we're celebrities or something like that, but it's because like we have places we've got to go and I can't deal with like the, the crowd and the ladies and a lot of these places, kick the door down. And a lot of these places. Yeah. There's, there's no one watching our green rooms because it's a stupid cover band where we're wearing costumes. <laughs> and so they'll just wander. I know right I've in. walked so we in had to hire this guy. Yeah. Yeah. So we, yeah. true story. We hired this guy. He does it for like a case of Bud Light and a hundred bucks. And so it's worth it to us. And, and what I'm getting at is I can't imagine if you're Tyler Hubbard and you're in one of the most successful duos of all time, how many people mess with you all the time. And that would be hard. I, I give him credit because that would be hard and not just him, but anyone in any sort of like situation of fame, people don't leave you alone. I would say that Brooks and Dunn are the greatest duo of all time. And I've I didn't met say them. they were the greatest. I, I you're, know now you you're putting didn't. words in my mouth. One of the I, greatest based I know on you sales. Said one of the, listen, but I'm telling you, Brooks and Dunn, the greatest duo of all time. And I've I met agree. them and there wasn't any pomp and circumstance. What I will say was icy cold because they were at the point where they didn't want to work together anymore. And so this was their goodbye tour. One of them stood on, you couldn't meet them together. Usually, you know, they knock it out in one punch and you meet, Hey, Hey, and then you're gone. Uh, this one, you went to one side of the room to meet kicks. And then you went to the other side of the room to meet what's his name? Done. Ronnie, 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 Ronnie Dunn. And so it was like, ooh, and that to me was interesting. I just wanted to sit there and watch the dynamic, you know, <laughs> that is who, great. Who, I who been, gets more uh, stuff would, signed. Yeah. 
I you know, like true kicks. I only want to meet Ronnie. Kicks didn't even do anything. <laughs> I know. And then he re- didn't he release like an album solo. Yeah, he d- yeah. to give kicks credit. This is like just a country music history lesson today, but he that's a rare duo where Kix does have some songs that he's saying that were number one hit. Yeah, I think they're both but, incredibly talented together, but they were like, this is it. Goodbye. We're never working together. Well, now don't they have a Vegas residency? They did for a long time. They're coming to Denver this year. They're, they're yeah, on a I mean, tour again. They were last year. They were at Cheyenne Frontier Days last year in our neck of the woods. I rarely believe when a band is like, farewell tour. I think, yeah, I'll see you in a few years. Well, it's the Florida Georgia Line thing. Now, all of a sudden, you're having to go to Village Inn to have breakfast with me to beg me to play your solo record. And (laughs) no one gives a shit when you're not with your partner. And they realize they can't make any money. And then two years later, they're back together. I'm calling it right now. Florida Georgia Line will do the same thing. They don't like each other anymore. They're polar opposites, but they'll do the Brooks but and Dunn thing because that's where together. the money is. Yeah. You want to sell 25,000 tickets, put them together. You want to sell five, do it on your own. Why do you think Sean and I are doing this podcast? <laughs> we don't like each other, but we know this is where the big bucks are. Um, right. Let's end Still this. And I want to I'm ending. Uh, let's end this episode for today. Hold on, though, because there's going to be people that ask me. I already know. So I'm going to stop you. And it doesn't have to be a long story. But we never said our favorite meet and greet. And I'm going to get hit up. And you're going to get hit up. And everyone's going to want to know who was your favorite. And so mine, I'll start. Mine was mine was Garth. It wasn't even a meet and greet. He it was when he played in Denver last time at the football stadium. He had a sound check party where John Elway was there and Joe Sackick was there and all these like big wigs from Denver. And somehow I got to be there, too. There was probably 50 people. And he stood and he talked to every one of those 50 people after he sound checked for as long as you wanted to talk. And it felt like your old uncle. I'd never met Garth before, but it almost felt like he knew me. He was he he cared more to ask me questions than me asking him questions. He wanted to know about my life. But again, that's why he is so successful, because people can feel how genuinely kind he is. And so I have a Garth shit talking story someday. I will tell you why. I, Garth is still my favorite and he always will be, but from a business standpoint, I can't stand the guy. Oh, wow. Okay. We'll yeah. Get let's get into someday. that. We'll get into your that favorite meet and greet? Uh, right. My favorite meet and greet. I'm going to, I'm going to say it was the Noner because by the end of the night, I would call, I'd go, Hey, Noner. And she totally was cool. <laughs> no, and was Oh, not. you know what? She was not yes, cool she was. She was that. so cool. Yes, she was. <laughs> you know who my favorite was? <laughs> Kenny Rogers. Every time he'd come to town, he would always ask me about my kids. And I'm like, that's, that's pretty amazing for him to remember that. And we always talked about, we were going to go down to the cracker barrel and get some cheddar potatoes. Cause we both loved him so much. And then he died. That that's why you got to live your, you got to live your life now, right now. Hey, Amen. We just lost Toby Keith. We haven't even made mention of that. We haven't uh, even. God bless mentioned. Toby Keith. Well, I'll leave. I'll yeah, leave you with that Keith. today. God bless. No, Toby no, no. Keith. God bless Toby Keith. I'm going to leave you with turn on auto download. And <laughs> John it's not auto download. I went and looked. It's definitely subscribe. Okay, subscribe to our show and listen. And you know what? You're going to have to catch up because we're in double digits now. So you, if you haven't listened at all, you got 10 freshies ready for you. Yeah. And you're that's waiting it. For Yellowstone. 
Have us instead. We're better than Kevin Costner anyway. (laughs) No, we're not. All right, bye.